It's the one and only Heavy Hole Podcast. I am your host, Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. I would have started recording this about 45 minutes ago, but I had to clean the... Uh, don't tell Tom how dirty this hard drive was. Um, nope, no adult material, no point. It was all um, backed up like Zoom recordings and, and, and Reaper files. and Oh, I, I have all these... File the, the the if you guys saw the uh, you computer guys out there if you saw the um the desktop of my computer it was so cluttered uh, I went to go record this and I I, it's, I might run out of disk space uh, so I, I I have carpal tunnel now in one hand from frantically moving files to the trash manually um, uh, this is why I need a producer. Tom, thank you very much for all your assistance on this program. Tom would be ashamed of me right now for the hard drive on this computer. No porn intended. So regardless, I am, uh, as you can tell, without a co-host this evening. I gave the guys a little bit of time off. We're going to have a um, flood of material coming to you soon. I procured a few uh, good, I, I think in my opinion, good holiday bonuses coming up that I'm going to get around to to dispensing for everybody, um, two great guests, one returning to the podcast, one making his debut on the podcast. Um, beyond that, I got some other great guests booked for January already, try, uh, trying to trying to branch out a little bit. Um, shout out to everybody I've been talking to behind the scenes uh, and all my bandmates, man, especially shout, you know, shout to um, Gutter, Gutter Christ and Dingbats out there in New Jersey and the St. Vitus Bar uh, out there in, in Brooklyn, man, Mortician, uh, beautiful experience there. We we really were very fortunate with Reeking Aura to be part of that whole thing. Um, uh, New Jersey show and uh, Brooklyn show, man, last Thursday and Friday. So, so many old friends. A um, lot of people, uh, uh, you know, to tell me that they're out there listening to the podcast. So shout out to all you guys. Man, I appreciate it, man. At, the show, at these shows, I'm a little out of breath. I'm a little sweaty. I'm behind the merch table counting money trying to make a dollar out of out of a diamond and nickel back there man it's 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 all um i just said nickel back um uh so i appreciate you guys man e- even though you know sometimes i'm a little i'm a little frazzled i'm a little squirrely out there you know what i mean man i, I try to give everybody a little bit of my time but it's it's hectic at these shows uh and i, I appreciate everybody buying merch and support and all that stuff it was great seeing a lot of old friends at, the, at these shows the last uh weekend those mortician shows man a shout out to mortician uh legend legendary legacy figures in the scene um i, I appreciate them and uh just 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 all around a good time um uh, what else man um reeking or that's the last two reeking aura shows that we have of this year this year by the time you listen to this only a week or two left anyway but um going to the studio finishing up the writing for the new album we're going to record a new album next march uh then it's going to go out to profound lore records um, and we're, we're going to work with them on putting that out. We're very happy to be working with Profound Lore again, man, of course. Um, Afterbirth, of course, we appreciate all the support that everyone's been giving us on that In But Not Of album on Willowtip Records. I am going to put out some content soon um, with different members of Afterbirth exploring that album uh, from the listener standpoint because you guys have been submitting questions. Uh, and if you want to submit questions about the In But Not Of album to the band members besides myself, um, heavy whole podcast at gmail.com or of course the voicemail number should be in the description where you're listening to this we're going to put together some more content um, kind of ex- exploring that album behind the scenes I appreciate you guys as always Afterbirth they're already kind of doubling down we're, I wouldn't say Afterbirth is, is um, has a new album written or anything but I know the guys are exploring some new material they're writing and there's 
um, other projects that you, you might say we put on the back burner while we were writing and recording in, but not of that, that we're starting to talk about too, man. So we'll, we'll get into all that at a, at a later date too, man. But I really appreciate all the support everybody's been giving us, man. This isn't the last episode of the year, but we're getting down there and, uh, hopefully you guys will see in the next few weeks. I'm, I'm really, um, uh, I've been talking to a lot of great people lately and I'm excited to, to share that with all you guys, of course, with my co-hosts. Looking forward to talking to all those guys. Uh, I got them booked coming up too, man. But I'm just flying this one solo. That's the way it worked out. We had so much stuff going on this week, man. And um, speaking of flying solo, so is the singer of uh, Gord Embrace. Anthony Crisanti is flying solo tonight. I'm going to be talking to him about Gord Embrace, a new death metal band that's been putting out releases lately and playing a lot of shows and and doing the business, man. Um, Let's bring it in right now. Check. This is Big Will from the Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with Anthony Crisanti, vocalist of Gord Embrace, a Chicago, Illinois-based. De- uh, <laughs> I fucked it up already, Anthony. A Chicago, right. a Chicago, Illinois-based death metal band that I had the pleasure of catching over the summer. Thank you for your time, and welcome to Heavy Hole Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Uh, of, of course, man. Like I said, um, we we got to uh, meet um, briefly um, when Exsanguinated uh, played Reggie's uh, over yeah. the summer and Gordon Brace was there. I was very impressed by the set. I kind of followed what you guys were doing along the way. Uh, you dropped a new, you. of course, man. No, I, 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 you dropped a new single. It's a little, it's a few months old now, but I tried to get you in the cycle here along the way. But before all that, um, and I do want to talk about all that. Anthony, are you from a musical family? Are there musicians older than yourself in your family or people involved in music? And was there anyone in your upbringing that steered you towards uh, hard rock, heavy metal, anything of that nature? Well, uh, just start with people in my family that make music. Uh, my uncle, uh, my older uncle, Paul, he makes music. He makes like mostly like jazz. And uh, I had like a couple cousins growing up that were in like, grunge bands back like local grunge bands back in like the 90s but uh that's as far as like anybody musical in my family i'm actually like one of the few nowadays who are um but my dad i would say was a big part to play in steering me towards heavier music because he showed me uh punk growing up and like some like earlier like hardcore bands but uh, along with like a wide variety of uh different music in general so I, I always had like a very diverse musical upbringing but uh he was definitely the one that kind of steered me towards it um now i don't even think on purpose he just showed me some bands and it just opened me up to it and i just fell in love with it from right there okay you're originally from the chicago area yes okay so your, your dad was it's, it's safe to say your dad was kind of like an old school hardcore punk guy from a certain era yeah, he like I, I wouldn't say he like uh like followed it, it exactly like going to shows all the time or anything. But he was just more like a guy that just like consumed a lot of music. I would say and was just open minded to all different styles. 
Okay, interesting. And do any of these people you just talked about, have they heard um, Gordon Brace or been to any of your shows or maybe other projects you've been involved in? Um, yes, uh, especially my dad. He like, comes to every show I've ever played pretty much, which is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> He's very supportive that way. But uh, most of my family is really, um, but it's definitely very different from what any of them listen to. Interesting. Okay, man. That's cool, man. Um, okay, so I, you know, I usually ask people like along the way, like when do things kind of get underground? Like in your music taste as a kid, when do things get heavier or more underground? When do you discover the underground scene? It sounds like you were kind of like piped in there. Like you, like it sounds like from a young age, you were probably very aware of a DIY spirit of independent labels, that sort of thing. Because because your dad's playing you hardcore and punk. Like when do you kind of like turn turn into metal and start like venturing into your own uh, stuff, maybe, and not so much relying on um, family members to to steer you there. Um, I would say like the first time I've ever been to like a probably a record store because I remember early on just i i think it was maybe reckless records in chicago on the north side i think that was the first like any like first big like record store that i've been to and uh i would just like see like a lot of you know album covers and it would just make me want to check out a lot of stuff uh just by like buying it like with whatever you know money i had saved up from like birthdays or whatever i would just pick up stuff and anything that looked cool like I just would buy it because I was always into like, you know, sci-fi and like horror movies and stuff growing up. So anything that remotely kind of popped out like that, I was like, oh, this looks like menacing. I need to like check it out. And that, that's kind of how like I found every band I listened to that. And I'd say actually funny enough, uh, MySpace. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember finding a lot of like a lot of bands on MySpace that uh, really opened me up to the underground scene a lot. I, it's it. it... I'm not going to say it. It sounds like you're probably a little bit closer to my generation than if we're talking about MySpace and finding bands yeah, on MySpace. Yeah. Um, all right, man. So th- what, when you talk about that record store, what are just a couple of releases that come to mind, uh, pivotal albums that you might have bought there? So I remember, like, I actually remember the first CDs I ever bought with my own money um, that I, I just blind bought. I had no idea about any of these bands. Uh, the first one was Behemoth, The Apostasy. So I thought it just looked really scary. Uh, what was another one of oh, the Misfits? Uh, was it Famous Monsters? And I think um, oh, Bad Religion. Huh. Uh, what's the Infected? I think it's called. But yeah, those, but that that kind of opened my mind to like death metal for sure. I'd say Behemoth was one of the, like the first like well when they were more on the death metal side uh black and death metal that's what really opened my mind to that kind of style of music yeah behemoth definitely a band with interesting visuals i've talked uh at length about their music videos on the podcast man They're, the production value is insane on some of that stuff oh yeah um so when do you get involved i know like we were saying be- behind the scenes i know that you um and your drummer uh steven um is it cesarni it's Shazni. Shazni. All right, man. I, I do my best uh, um, uh, with people's names respectfully. Um, but you and he were both in a band, Mind Loss, prior to yeah. Gordon Brace. Um, well, take take me through. Like, are there bands that you were in that were out, you know, playing shows and performing original music before that? Um, uh, and then kind of maybe, you know, t- like take me through Mind Loss and, and then maybe the beginning of Gordon Brace in your own uh, perspective. So... 
I would say Mind Loss was the first like actual band I was ever a part of. Because uh, before, like I wouldn't even say like I I made I would make music uh, like on my own. I would like mess around with, like making house music on my computer and like just like trying to learn guitar and play all types of stuff. But like Mind Loss was my first like actual like real band I would say. Um, and Steve was in another band prior to that, but he he, uh, he and I knew each other from going to shows and we would just see each other at shows all the time. Um, but so I joined, I got asked to join Mind Loss by uh, the guitarist, Chris, and uh, we ended up playing like a bunch of shows and recording a few things. Um, I think a few, if I remember correctly, just all, it was all uh, like promos and demos. Um, and then like we basically like, you know, we just all kind of decided to go separate ways because uh, like just like by musical tastes and stuff are starting to change a little bit um me and steve like pretty much like towards the end of mind loss like wanted to start something heavier um and like like something that was more like like long island style because that was more of more of like what me and steve like the like more of i would say like we like i mean we, we have a like ex expansive like interest in all like different flavors of death metal but mind loss i think um it was just kind of a crazy band like it, it was a band that uh had all these different influences and and uh it was just hard to like put a thumb on what what it, the sound was i guess because sometimes it sounded very old school and sometimes it was like progressive almost but it just went like it, it went all over the place um musically but uh yeah after, after a while like we just kind of like broke up just from like musical differences and people wanted to go separate ways with that. And uh, yeah, we ended up forming mine uh, or sorry, ended up forming uh, Gordon brace like towards the beginning of the pandemic actually. So that kind of, that kind of screwed us over a little bit because we were trying to, uh, you know, find other members to play in Gordon brace. And it was just hard to meet anybody um, and like find anyone that would take it seriously because our like, goal was to like just go hard with it as soon as we get music and start playing shows we wanted to tour like it was always been our dream to be a touring band and uh i'm very thankful to where we are now because it, it took us like months i want to say like almost half a year to find noah our guitarist and he was the one that actually played guitar and bass on the gordon brace uh demo yeah i, I noticed that that you kind of accumulated more members after that original demo, I guess, did he write all that? Yeah. So him and Steve, I would say wrote it together. Um, Cause Steve's very much integrated in like the songwriting process as well. Like he works really well with like uh, Noah and Danny, but back then it was just Noah. Um, but yeah, it was all, those were all Noah's riffs and Steve helping with structuring and stuff like that. Okay, and you guys are from, I mean, the, the the whole band is more or less from Chicago or Chicago area, right? Yeah. So, well, well, what's interesting, you, you know, you say Long Island style. Like, obviously, I'm from Long Island. We talk about Long Island bands <laughs> yeah. on this podcast a lot. Like, a, a self-indulgent question, but I do want to get your perspective, because you guys are a younger band, a newer band. Uh, you specifically say Long Island style. Like, give me your perspective on that. Like, when do you, what, I mean, you know, we all know internal bleeding, suffocation, Pyrex. We all know a lot of these bands, but like, kind of like what, 
what in your recollection of your music history do you remember like being important to you and like what have you picked up along the way and maybe bands that aren't necessarily from long island but are important to the equation i just want to get your perspective on that yeah for sure um well so first off my favorite death metal band of all time is suffocation for sure because i would say like you know i had heard behemoth early on i'd heard like cannibal corpse and like malevolent creation just like from discovering it on my own but like nothing really like hit as hard to me as suffocation did um and i love those other bands like that's no you know discredit to them or anything like that yeah. it's just there's something about suffocation um that just really hit differently for me i think it just was the just the brutality of it and uh just the overall heaviness i feel like it's just very uh it's just like the, the very like almost like crushing groove orientated nature to it. Um, and then like that, like led me down the rabbit hole. Cause like, you know, I would, I would just go, you know, researching like about suffocation and like where they're from. And I found, you know, pyrexia and internal bleeding and uh, you know, that, that like just all led me down that, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really know exactly why um, specifically, like suffocation just drew me in, but it it had a lot to do with like just the brutality and that, and uh, Frank's vocals. That's what he was one of the biggest inspirations for me to be a vocalist. Um, and honestly, funny enough, like it really kind of goes hand in hand because I was also kind of a deathcore kid growing up too. You know, because I grew up in that era. I'm tw- I'm 29 right now, but when like when I was in high school, it was like, you know, Whitechapel, Suicide Silence, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> those, those were like the the big bands at the time. So I was like kind of the odd, odd person out because I listened to both, you know, you know, deathcore and death metal, and uh, it, it was really funny because I feel like it was such a divide back then. About I mean, it still is now, but um, it was just very frowned upon to like like deathcore back then, and I just always was open minded with that stuff. But so that's like my perspective on like I'd say death metal as a whole. But I like I, I like all all types of death metal bands. Like I, I like Atheist a lot. They're another one of my favorite bands. Uh, trying to think who else. Uh, Gutted from Toledo. Oh, great band. Um, great band. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cyanide and Broken Hope from Chicago, of course. Like, those were really big bands for me, being from here. Um, I was thought they were really dope. Uh, but, yeah, like, I don't know. When, when I say, like, we wanted to do, like, the Long Island style of music, like, there's just something about the way that, it's made out there that just makes it heavier than everything else in my opinion. And like, I don't know if it's just like the, just the, the slam and the slam parts to it, or just the, you know, sure. This, just the, the heaviness of it. I just don't think it, uh, it's not on the same level. as like a morbid angel type band to me. Mm, um, well, yeah, a lot there. Uh, one, the one that uh, you must have been on. If for twenty nine, you must have been on the tail end of MySpace a little bit. Um, yeah, because <laughs> you're. I'm forty one. You're you're a little younger than me, man. I'm a little closer to the yeah. grave, closer to the grave than you. Oh, respectfully. <laughs> um, but that that speaks to the pa- the link between deathcore and MySpace. That was a strong connection, mm-hmm. man. And dude, I, you know there are deathcore. Um, albums, or you know, it's again, you know, I don't want to go on a tangent about what is and isn't deathcore. Everyone has different interpretations, right. but um, the inflection of hardcore into death metal or death metal into hardcore is a big part of like Long Island style, New York style. Mm-hmm. You could even call it like East Coast style 
at a certain point because there's bands from New Jersey and Philly and New England that mm-hmm. are all important to the conversation. But um, it is something that like kind of struck me when I saw you guys live. And speaking of live, an element I want to get into is you guys did um, eventually get out of that pandemic rut when things opened up. You will, for, you know, just for the listeners to catch up, they can go on Bandcamp or their streaming platform of choice. I would imagine to check out your um your crippled sanity single from 2020, your demo 2021, mm-hmm. promo 2022, and your latest single, uh, solipsistic mastication. If I pronounced it mm-hmm. right, um, yeah. Um, so I just want them to know that there's there's that body of work, but you guys get out and play live, uh, and you have you 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 ended up doing tours. You played a few cool fests and stuff. Get like get into that stuff, man, because I know you guys got out there really hard in the last like you know year and a half, two years, whatever you want to say. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, we we uh, we wanted to do that like from the jump of the start of this band. Like that's pretty much our goal. Like we want to take it as seriously as possible because that's our our dream to just tour for a living if we could do it or just tour as much as possible, play as much music as possible. It's just really, that's always been a dream of mine and Steve and the rest of the band pretty much. But um, yeah, like we, we just kind of, we, so we've been really like tight with the dudes in Hanging Fortress for a long time um, because Mind Loss did a run with them. I want to say back in like 2019 and I was just on some like internet, you know, stuff like, you know, yeah, you guys are cool. Let's like, you know, do a run together. It's just, you know, just messaging each other and just actually trying to like put ourselves out there and get to know other bands in other states. Um, and then, you know, just get the ball rolling from there. And yeah, we, we just, we just booked, the booked those two tours. Well, we booked the, the one, the one with um, Hanging Fortress and Mutilation Barbecue um, ourselves and then Gates to Hell uh, from Louisville took us on, on tour um was that last like winter i'd want to say and we did an east coast run which was pretty fun that was our first time out there actually and it was super dope yeah um because i know i noticed you guys like really got out there hard and and played a bunch of shows what were was there anyone in the band who was maybe more experienced with that or like how do you know how did you guys go like i know getting the van routing all that stuff sometimes can be a little difficult the back line getting all the gear in like you know was there any bumps in the road along the way not really. I mean, so the only experience we had is because uh, Mind Loss, like we for the short period of time that Mind Loss was a band, like we played a lot of shows. I would say um, I can't. I don't even remember how many, but we played a lot of local shows in Chicago. So we kind of like knew how to like knew our way around. Like in a couple of those we've even, and I'm pretty sure like helped book ourselves. So we kind of had like a little bit of uh, experience in playing live and like how it works, like to set stuff up and whatnot. But then uh, we also we did set up uh, a run in California with I don't know if you remember that band in Coffinized and uh, they were like an early first like I want to say the first couple of Maggot Snob bands yeah it yeah. was it was with them and we did like a couple of days out in California with them and uh, we ended up playing playing with like Sivirus uh, from out there and uh, Crematory Stench. Um, and then we we just set that up just from messaging people <laughs> pretty much and just being like, yeah, you guys want to play together? We'll fly out there or like whatever. And they're like, yeah, cool. And then that that was it. But uh, as far as the tour goes, Steve actually routed that Hanging Fortress and Mutilation Barbecue tour himself. And I have no idea how he even did that, but uh, he's like a genius when it comes mm-hmm. to stuff like that. He, he just has a, 
a geographical mind, which I very much don't. I couldn't even tell you like half the streets in Chicago, and I've been here my whole life. <laughs> so yeah, I um I'm gonna admit that I booking is not my strong point. Booking shows, routing tours is not my strong point. I try to pull my weight in my bands. Uh, and I do book shows from time to time, and I inevitably lose money on them and and things like that. Man, it's just not. Um, I you know I I'm I'm good for other things. Uh, you know I try to stick behind the merch table when I can and help carry drums as a vocalist. But the booking yeah. is its is its own thing. The guys um, Sam and uh, Mark from Exsanguinated uh, did a lot of the the heavy lifting for the booking for that tour. We ended up playing together in, in Chicago. There's always there's always got to be those guys in the band that can handle that stuff mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Um, yeah, but, but that, that should be a lesson too, to some of the listeners who are just starting out that how much you can do with the DIY mindset, just reaching out to other underground bands, you know? Yeah. And it's like, we were fans of all those, you know, all those bands before anything. And just like, you know, just reached out as, as, uh, you know, simply, you know, like simply as we could just be like, Hey, like, we think you guys are really, really sick. Like we would like to play shows together or like, you know, you guys book one out by you we'll book one for you guys out here. Like we'll trade shows, whatever we could do a run, you know, and just like, you know, trying to build it organically because I really feel like sometimes that's what's uh, lacking in a lot of like, in a lot of music scenes in general is just like the people, you know, just being open to playing with each other and like just actually putting yourself out there and being like, Hey, like there's no, there's no harm in asking, you know, like you really could, I'm, I'm shocked. And I tell my, my, my band this all the time, how much we pulled off with only having, like six songs out so far and it's like you know we we are working on a on a record currently but uh it's just you know it's it's just been crazy how much we've been able to accomplish and i'm very grateful for all that and everybody who's who's supported us so far it really means everything to us uh yeah no doubt man i mean and (laughs) you, you know now that you said it man you do have a small catalog so far I do want to get into your your future plans, but um, like I said, you got you know people you know just looking through your social media, you guys have gotten out there and done the work uh, lately to, to to push what you're doing, and um, the six songs are quality. I like where it's going, and it's enough to pick my interest in the the forthcoming um, release, whatever it's it's going to be. Um, I want to get into that, but one thing, you know, while we're talking about, you mentioned all these bands that you guys played with um, and toured with. And a lot of it is indicative of the younger generation of brutal death metal and gore grind that's going on now. Mm-hmm. Particularly, I see a lot of it in the Midwest. Um, yeah. And and it's you know there's there's the maggot stomp, there's gurgling gore, there's a lot of labels that are kind of like seizing on this and and putting a lot of this stuff out. It's a newer thing in in the death metal scene. You um you talked before about coming into this. Uh, at a younger age, being into deathcore um, and, and that sort of thing. Do you have you seen like the scene in your lifetime uh, uh, change to a point where hardcore and death metal and deathcore are all just kind of like coalescing and meshing, and it doesn't matter anymore? Like, is that accurate? Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. Because I I feel like back in back when I was growing up, it was so it was so taboo to say that like, cause I, to say that you like deathcore because it was very frowned upon. And I, and like, even, even to say like hardcore, I would say if you were, if you were a guy that like listened to death metal, if you would bring up bands, I feel like, you know, uh, at least to like the people I was around, you'd bring up bands like, Oh yeah, I really like Marauder or all out war. You know, they'd be like, Oh, I don't even know who that is. Or like, you know, like they, or they just wouldn't really care. It was like very, 
it and where i grew up was also like a lot of like it, chicago is like a big thrash like scene for a while yeah. with all the people that were my age all the all the younger bands were thrash bands to begin with because there was kind of that resurgence of uh the thrash in like the early 2010s but uh yeah like but yeah i, I feel like it is a lot more it's a lot more um connected now which i think is great because uh you know i've always loved hardcore you know hate breed was a very important band for me growing up and i remember uh you know a lot of people used to hate on hate breed you know if you wore one to a <laughs> wore, wore one to a metal show people will just look at you kind of funny because i've always kind of been in between all three worlds really i've always gone to all, you know hardcore shows or death metal shows or deathcore shows i never really I never really saw, I mean, I see the differences in genres, of course, but I never really, they all give me the same feeling, I guess. Like, they all have that aggression. They all have sick riffs. Uh, you know, some have breakdowns, some don't. But, you know, it's just the point of it. It has everything. All three All three genres have things I like about them. So I never really understood why there was such a divide uh, between everything. But uh, I feel like deathcore isn't a naughty word anymore. So, if you, you know, like, <laughs> when you see people talk about, like, you know, now there's people I see now uh, paying respect to like deathcore bands that used to get hated on heavily and people I wouldn't even expect to like them, you know, do did end up liking them. They just kind of kept it a secret, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's interesting how, how far it's come, but I think it's like one of the best times to be around for heavy music right now. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would call it like a renaissance or a resurgence. Um, yeah, de definitely, man. It's a, it's an interesting time. I was, you know, I was thinking today. There's uh, just like on that thought of all the, you know, this kind of current scene, this current crop of you know bands coming up now. It, like anyone who who kind of says, oh, like death, there hasn't been good death metal since the '90s or whatever, whatever yeah. year they want to say, like you're really not paying attention, man. You're not, you know. I understand if you don't have the time to sift through everything that's out there because there's a little bit of information overload, but um yeah you definitely can't say it's dead or you know death metal isn't no. relevant anymore it's you know it's better it's bigger than it's ever been um and in some cases yeah. it's better than it's than it's ever been too um but we'll, we'll, while we're talking about the future let's get into that you, you talked about you guys are planning an album is that what you said before yeah so we are currently working on a record um we're gonna be recording it in march uh we're very excited to finally have this record because it's been uh Ever since I would say ever since Danny joined the band, who's the second guitarist, he uh, he joined like uh, right before our promo in 2022 came out. So like a lot of the writing, you know, there's a there's a, a definite shift, I would say, in the writing style of our band from, you know, the demo to the, the promo from 22. Um, and Danny just adds like a very like tech death kind of uh, like 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 tech death progressive kind of guitar style because that's like more of, he, he likes brutal death metal too but he's more about like you know like bands like you know the faceless and uh you know like like later death and stuff like that mm -hmm. that's and that's more like up his alley so i feel like um there's gonna be a lot more a lot more uh stuff coming out in that more direction i'd say i'm still gonna maintain the heaviness but we're just where our, our our sound is ever changing at this point, but I'm really excited for everyone to hear it because these are honestly some of the best songs I've ever had the pleasure of working on, and it's uh immensely brutal, but also super 
crazy technical. So I, I couldn't be happier with it because I'm also a very big tech death guy too. So I like all that stuff. All right, man. What, and are do you guys like you have, you have time booked? You do? You, are you still writing? We have time booked, uh, but oh. we're still like working out the kinks on some of these songs, uh, getting them ready, and uh, hopefully finishing up like one or two more. But uh, yeah, we're we're uh, we got we got time booked at Bricktop Studio out here in Chicago, and uh, yeah, it's a we're it's like I want to say we're recording in mid March, and uh, we don't have a title for the album yet, but uh, you know once we do, we'll be announcing that. But uh, as far as that, like we, that's our our number one plan right now, and um, hopefully get some, hopefully you know get the, a couple tours booked pretty soon. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you have any shows coming up that you want to promote? This episode will probably come out, um, I would say, before Christmas, mid-December. Uh, I don't okay, know if you have cool. any, any shows that you have coming up that you want to promote or anything like that. Yeah, we're uh, we're uh, playing at, at uh, Reggie's Rock Club on February 23rd. Uh, it's our first show of 20, 2024. It's with uh, Go Ahead and Die uh, and Body Box. Uh, Go Ahead and Die is, the, is one of... Uh, Max and Igor Cavalera's side projects. Oh, okay. That's so you guys. Yeah. Got a, so that's a that's a pretty sweet supporting gig you guys got. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. I want to give a big shout out to Shane from Empire Productions for uh, always hooking us up and getting us on really sick shows. He without him there would be no Chicago heavy music at all. Like that guy, he he does so much for Chicago in general that it's just it's crazy. He books everybody and. You know, any any level of band, he always like looks out for everybody and supports everybody. Yeah, I love the Cavalera brothers, man. I can't keep up on everything though. Um, yeah, I got, I got to look into that, man. I, you know, you, sometimes you catch me on the show, uh, but um, <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not Metal Archives, man. That's what Metal Archives is for. <laughs> right. So, um, all right. So fair enough, man. So we're gonna be watching you guys next year for that album. Um, did you say February the twenty third? At Reggie's, yep. right? Uh, was that show for a show of um of next year? Fair enough, man. And um, I'm gonna obviously I'm gonna give you the, the chance to plug and promote anything else, talk about anything else uh, uh, afterward. But at this point, I'm gonna ask you the typical heavy hole question to uh, recommend an older and a newer release from any artist you like, any genre you like, demo album, whatever. Just an older and a newer release of music to um to to listen to. All right, uh, older one. I'm gonna have to say "Convulse World Without God." Uh, I really love that record a lot. Good one, good one, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's 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 one of my favorite ones that I feel like is severely slept on. Um, as far as like you know, '90s death metal goes. Uh, hmm. A newer one. There's so many good new ones. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Sanguisugabog, Homicidal Ecstasy. Sanguisugabog, yeah. Um, I was just thinking to myself, it's been a very long time. It was actually, I think, during the pandemic uh, that we had Devin on and we had uh, Cameron on, but at, at different times. It's been a long time. I got to reach out to those guys. I got to reach out to some past guests and see if I can get you know the other members of the band on or whatever. Get an update. Uh, good guys. Um, and I, I. They're another band, you know, that kind of started up in the last few years. They really, you know, seized the day and 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 uh, took the reins on it. Obviously, um, 
Uh, you guys played Devin's uh, birthday show recently, no? Yeah. Yeah. How was that? Yeah. That must have been nuts, man. That must have been a circus. Oh, it was. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. So, uh, Devin asked us to play uh, that show, and he's also uh, booked us a couple times out there in Columbus. Which he, we we met him uh, very unexpectedly because our first so Gordon Brace's first ever show, funny enough, was actually in in uh, in Columbus, Ohio, because we were trying to book something as our debut show in Chicago and booking in Chicago can be a nightmare sometimes because there's so many shows happening all the time. You have to book, you know, like five, five months in advance sometimes, mm. you know, just to get a show at any venue. Um, so we, uh, we ended up getting offered a show by uh, our friends in atomic, Witch from out there in Columbus. And that was our first ever show. And Devin actually came to our show because he heard our demo and liked it. So he came to that show and, and we've been friends with him ever since. He's always been like one of our number one, like, you know, supporters and friends. He's looked out for us a lot. And like, that really means a lot to us. Cause I used to play the hell out of that thing with Sugabog, you know, uh, pornographic seizures when it first came out. So that meant a lot to me that he even knew who uh, we were at all. <laughs> but yeah, we were we were very thankful for that, and his birthday show was was awesome. The, the lineup was insane. There was uh, there was I, I want to say, no, don't quote me on it, but I want to say that was like one of Putrid Stew's first shows, which huh. is Cody's side project. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that was an insane set. Um, yeah, you know, Cody I, I, was on there, which I I called him Cameron, Cody. Cody, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. listen, man. I get names twisted. I've interviewed like hundreds of people. Me, I'm sorry, Cody uh, of of Sanguisuga, yeah. because yeah, if those if on the chance they hear that, they might they might clown me. Um, I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead, go <laughs> ahead. Yeah, Putrid Stew with Cody of Sanguisuga, not Cameron. Yeah, yeah, and they they were insane. Um, Feticide from Fort Wayne, Indiana. They're a newer band that's really really sick, and they're on the come up. They just put out the. Uh, they just put out a new uh, promo, I want to say, like a week or two ago. They're a really cool death metal band. Uh, a bunch of young kids. Uh, Necessary Death was really cool. The whole, the whole lineup, Mutilatred, of course. That yeah. band's awesome. Another band I really want. I we uh, we did several shows with them on that same tour with Exsanguinated that we played with you on. Man, really great guys. I I still got to get them on the podcast. The never-ending lists that I keep adding people yeah. to, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, that sounds sick, though, dude. That sounds awesome, man. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really awesome, and uh, like I said, like we we're just really thankful to even have the opportunity to uh, play his birthday show, and uh, you know, to be to be uh, so welcomed every time we go out there. Every time we go to Ohio in general, everyone's so welcoming to us, and it uh, it feels really great because. Uh, you know, sometimes in Chicago, like the the local scene here, like as far as death metal goes, like we're like one of few death metal bands out here. So like mm-hmm. it's cool to see like other death metal bands that are like around our age, um, you know, just ripping it and being cool and down to earth and everything. But uh, respectfully, it seems like the Chicago scene can be fickle with oh. death metal, with like yes. with like turnout reception to styles of you know subgenres yes. of death metal it seems like yes. it seems like you really got to get the right crowd the right mix of bands maybe i'm wrong i'm not from there that's just you know kind of like 
off of my experiences. I don't know. And I've had great times. I love Reggie's, you know, yeah. you know, no, 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 you know, no disrespect anywhere, but it seems like, seems like you really got to get things right in Chicago to mm-hmm. get to, to have a, a really, you know, to have a show go off well. Yeah, that's no, that's a, a thousand percent true. And, um, yeah, you know, it's like no, no, no disrespect on my end either, like to our city or anything, but like, it's very true. I think it's because like, at, be living in Chicago, you're very spoiled because you have so many tours coming through there. You have so many cool bands doing like one-off shows there and, uh, and so many bands here in general. So it's like, they are very fickle and like very like, you know, they're waiting to be impressed by it, uh, yeah. by, by, by a band, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah. I, yeah. I feel like as, as far as hardcore goes, it's the complete opposite. Like Chicago hardcore is like super tight knit, you know, super supportive. And that's why, that's why realistically, uh outside of like a like a handful of like you know metal bands that we actually know out here that we you know like get along with really well we mostly play with hardcore bands in chicago and we are very much the the outlier band in all those bills because uh yeah we're the only ones that usually have blast beats and songs (laughs) and solos (laughs) but but nowadays it's not as um polarizing I think, yeah. right? you know, it's, it's like, like 10, 15 years ago, I feel like that would have like, like people would have walked out, you know, or like I've seen, Yo, yeah. you know, not nec- not just because it's you guys, but just, you know, in the, the, you know, this, this, the death metal hardcore, you know, uh, um, riff, you know, it, it was, you know, it, it was a lot different, you know, there was a more, much more of a chasm between the genres. Oh no, you're, you're hundred percent, uh, right with that because, uh, you know, like, like now I feel like, there's so many uh, hardcore and death metal adjacent bands like or bands that like mix the style so well that like a band like us could play a show with any hardcore band and and like you know it, it'll at least be like re- received pretty decently um and it's cool because like now you go to hardcore shows and you see people you know wearing morbid angel shirts you know <laughs> like yeah. it's it's cool because i feel like people are finally seeing that maybe this isn't so different after all that you know maybe we're all just we like riffs and heavy shit, you know, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a perfect time to be around. And like, I think, uh, as far as like the local scene in Chicago, I'm like super happy for everybody right now. It, like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Mulder, um, from yeah. here, yeah, but yeah. they, they're killing it right now. And, uh, they've always been cool dudes. Um, there's a band called Selena Plexia that, uh, just popped up not too long ago from out here and they're insanely good. They just dropped a, a full length record, but uh, the other they're kicking ass. So we're, we're getting more death metal out here now, which is great because for a while there's only about like two or three that were like, you know, that would actually like be out there like writing and playing often. And everyone, um, every, everyone has always been super supportive of us. So I really appreciate that. I think it's getting less fickle out here and less like, um, I feel like it's getting more, um, everyone's getting more open-minded out here to like going to like local shows and stuff, which is really cool. That's cool, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like I said, that the scene is kind of, um, uh, turning around and I wanted to, you know, we got on a little bit of a tangent there. You recommended that convulse world without God album. Yeah. Classic finish album. I was just, I, I I haven't spun it myself in a while. But I was just, I wanted to, like, give my own little recommendation, maybe, and run this past you. It kind of, like, was under the radar. Um, a band from Poland called Toughness. Um, oh. Just spelled, like, yeah, like, you're tough. Toughness. 
<laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I mean, it's probably a lot sicker sounding in Polish, but um, the the band name, I mean, but the band the, they they put out an album called The Prophetic Dawn, uh, okay. last year, two thousand twenty two, that I was listening to this morning, and it had a little bit of that old school Finnish doom, and the production that they use is very old school and like in the room kind of recording, and um. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, toughness from Poland with the prophetic dawn. That's something I'll, I just want. I'll run it by you if you're into it, man. Check it out, and the listeners obviously yeah. will hear it too, man. Because that, that, you know, it's just funny you bring up Convulse because that's one of the bands that came to my mind with a few of the parts these guys pull off. Great band, kind of an old school Morbid Angel, old school Finnish vibe. Uh, yeah, a lot of those Finnish bands are some of my favorite ones. Oh like, yeah, man. Uh, like Unleashed as well. Yeah, Un- Unleashed, um, uh, Demigod, Adramalek, all those yeah. bands. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I have a, a bootleg. I've allegedly have a bootleg CD of the Unleashed demos that are really good because oh, they were a lot more uh, kind of crunchy and lo-fi, man, back then. Very brutal, brutal shit. But, um, oh, yeah. Uh, allegedly, before I start going off about bootlegs, um, <laughs> get, me in, get me in trouble. But, um, Anthony, thank you very much for your time i appreciate it man is there anything um anything else to plug i know we, we talked about february the 23rd what was the name of the cavalera brothers uh project it's called uh, go ahead and die go ahead and die um with the cavalera brothers you guys are supporting them february 23rd at reggie's uh you guys are putting the final touches on your album that you're going to record next year we're going to tell people to watch out for you on social media and check out your music on Bandcamp or wherever they um do do streaming music and that sort of thing um any parting words uh for listeners of gourd embrace and um listeners of our podcast well um first of all i want to say thank you for everyone who's been rocking with us since we started because we've it's really just been incredible we uh couldn't have imagined what we've been able to accomplish and we look forward to seeing everybody soon in the future. We plan on hitting the road hard this year and, uh, you know, playing a bunch of new stuff for everybody. And, um, also want to give a quick shout out to hanging fortress. Uh, they just put out that really sick record. Yeah. And, uh, and I really love that new afterbirth record, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate that. man. It's incredible. And, uh, always been one of my favorite vocalists so it's an honor to be here with you and i really appreciate that thank you for the compliment man i appreciate that man yeah. and um and uh it's uh jimmy huffman um from hanging yes. fortress he's he's in he's in gordon brace still or yeah yeah he is he's in he's in uh gordon brace yes yeah fair enough yeah i did yeah i, I meant to shout him out along the ride here at some point but um because we did interview the the entire band hanging fortress i interviewed them a few uh weeks ago maybe a month or two ago when their album dropped man so people can go back and check that out as well uh a little bit of cross yeah. crossover there man so um but anthony thank you very much for your time like i said we'll be watching you guys on social media uh for um all your moves next year man good luck with everything Thank you. I appreciate it.
Okay, thank you very much to Anthony Crisanti of Gord Embrace. I uh, really appreciate his time talking about the band, man. Good time there. And um, uh, going into, I got I got a couple of recommendations. Uh, I'm just back by myself here, no co-hosts, man. But um, uh, right right off the bat, I, I got well. What I was gonna say is, I got three different recommendations. You guys always know I triple up on the recommendations when I have no co-host. I try to give you guys a little bonus. Uh, and I think these three, they span like three different brackets of of the spectrum of heavy hole listeners and maybe even of like my friends and bandmates, I would say. Um, I, 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 and I'll, I'll kind of explain it as I go along. But um, I, the, the first one I want to talk about um, I, is it's not necessarily the type of stuff we always talk about here on Heavy Hole Podcast. We have dipped our feet a little bit. In the history of Long Island, uh, hardcore Long Island punk, uh, and what some people refer to as emo, screamo, there's all these different words float around it, and, and they, they kind of connotate different baggage nowadays with what you listen. But uh, I, I want to put it this way. Um, this new release by a young band out of Long Island that I'm about to talk about, from my outsider perspective, I say outsider because I'm I'm older than them. I'm probably just about twice the age of some, if not most, of the members of this band. Um, but I did grow up on Long Island in the '90s when I think some of the bands that may, in my opinion, have influenced this band somehow um, were staking their claim. This is a band that I think like nails it in terms of uh, the Long Island hardcore sound that incorporates very raw elements of what some people might refer to as emo or screamo or melodic hardcore. Um, it's, and, and I'm trying, I'm trying to tread very carefully because it's not like when you say, when you, when you throw the E word in there, the emo word in there, people think all sorts of weird shit nowadays, but in the nineties, it was something different. So, um, all I'm getting at is I was more of a pedestrian with that type of music back then. I was more of a metalhead. Uh, and grindcore guy, but I do enjoy a lot of that stuff, and I know enough to know my history with bands like Silent Majority, uh, The Glass Jaw. Um, maybe, maybe we'll even talk about bands um, uh, like uh, From Autumn to Ashes. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how far you want to go with this, but uh, I don't, I don't want to draw too much comparison. I'm just trying to paint broad strokes of this of that kind of like Long Island. Some people have attributed the Long Island sound from back in the days. The band I'm talking about is Private Mind. From Long Island, New York. Uh, the the album is the Truth You See uh, from Triple B Records, released this past October, two thousand twenty-three, and um, it's a striking album to me. Like I was saying, in a in kind of a rambling way, as someone who's from that that nineties generation that kind of witnessed a lot of these bands that that for are forerunners of this sound and this kind of subgenre of hardcore, and I've seen a lot of bands come and go, even from that era that didn't necessarily nail it, in my opinion. And these guys just completely nailed it. Um, it's a, it's such a solid recording. It is, and more importantly, such an inspired sounding and heartfelt release. Uh, it's not the type of thing that's sappy, or um, you know, maybe has maybe strikes you as having uh, obvious commercial leanings. This this is just. 
Uh, I sent this to a few of my friends who are my age who were way more into the melodic hardcore style and have been going to a lot of these reunion shows lately. And I told them, check out this band. You know, they rep Long Island and they definitely, I think, have done their homework in terms of where they're from. Again, I'm not saying that this is like a worship band that sounds exactly like some of these older bands from Long Island. They definitely capture their generation too in a way but it is a band that um reps the long island sound in terms of where they're from so not necessarily the most brutal thing i'm going to bring to you this week um but i i'm bringing this out for all of my uh 90s long island hardcore friends that are now metalheads uh and i say that with love and respect because without you guys i'd be pretty lonely out here man shout to you guys and shout to the band private mind from long island uh, again, Tom, if you could play Private Mind with, with their The Truth You See album uh, out on Triple B Records. Okay, man. Yeah, it's it's for everybody, man. You could be young at heart. If you, you could be old and listen to them. Um, now getting out now for the more uh, traditional heavy hole podcast experience. I, I would I would hope to say right now. I have a recommendation. Uh, I got this off of the Death Madness at Death Madness YouTube channel, which has a lot of great underground music you can check out. Um, but this is. Morse Rot, M-O-R-S-R-O-T, Morse Rot, with their Carnal Enslavement demo, 2022. Um, this is a band from Malta, death metal from Malta. This was released July 7th, 2022. It is a four-song demo, um, uh, short and sweet, and it is... Uh, it. It has technical leanings. Um, it definitely sounds of that that special era in death metal when death metal was very young and still growing out of uh, uh, the thrash metal era. Um, there's some parts on this might, that might strike people as kind of like that that early very thrash metal influenced death thrash, but with like the the kind of lead guitar. Uh, and 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 somewhat technical leanings of of death and pestilence. Um, this it's 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 maybe uh, well you know this is just their demo, so I don't want to say underrated just yet. Hopefully, this band kind of puts out some some more of a body of work and catches on. Um, I don't know of many bands from Malta. Uh, this you know that's that's kind of, I, I am I will say I am exploring the international. Uh, death metal market a little bit more uh, lately and trying to try to still pick up stones and check out the death metal demos. I have booked a few more international guests coming up in the future. Uh, so maybe I'll learn more as I go along. But yeah, death metal from Malta is kind of new to me. I don't know many bands from that part of the world, but this is a great four song demo of, and I don't want to say tech death, because when you say tech death, it implies something kind of clean and clinical nowadays, almost like an alien abduction death metal or something like that. This is... Um, musically articulate death metal that harkens back to a um, uh, a different time when death metal was 
was younger and uh, uh, flashy and maybe a little bit more rooted in um, the more brutal styles of thrash metal. So Moore's Rot, M-O-R-S-R-O-T, with their Carnal Enslavement full-length demo from 2022. I got it off of the, uh, what did I say, the Death Madness YouTube channel, man, to give them credit. Man. Thank you. Okay, and as we continue uh, our journey around planet Earth, I'm going to stop off in Japan. And I want to tell you about the band Fester Decay, um, who I believe spelled as one word, Fester Decay. Reality Rotten to the Core LP, full album, 2023, uh, released on Everlasting Spew. Very brutal label. Everlasting Spew is definitely a label worthy of your time. If you're uh, unfamiliar with that label, they have a lot of great bands and releases. And this would just be uh, another one, in the words of DJ Khaled. Pathological gore grind very much in the uh, vein and in the tradition and in the uh, almost worship of, of, of early carcass, of the good, in my opinion, of the great carcass uh, material. This is pathological gore grind. I, I haven't been as moved by a uh, carcass worship, car, uh, blatantly obsessed with the early work of carcass project in quite some time, maybe not since necrobestiality a.k.a. Thanatologist, I think, or Thanatology from Italy, um, to, to, to really take you back uh, from my obscure heads. Um, yeah, I was, I was moved by this band, Fester Decay, with this album. The artwork, uh, the sound, the, the introduction to the album, the, the, the sound, the writing, uh, it, it's, there's a lot of bands that can sound like Carcass and can sound like different eras of Carcass. This is something very special and inspired. I went on a well-intended tangent a few episodes ago about how some people might overlook the Japanese death metal scene because the quality and abundance of great Japanese grindcore and noise and associated genres is so much out there. This is an amazing band. Uh, and I kind of in that conversation compared the way bands like Vomit Remnants took the slam brutal sound and ran with it. And there's other Japanese bands that kind of took different kind of procured subgenres and made a hybrid of them and, and made it their own. This is a band that really, you know, there's a, there's a million bands that sound like Carcass and try to try to pull off Carcass. And play, you know, this is this is something for the generations. This is something that I believe may stand the test of time and the. Uh, catalog of Carcass Worship bands. Um, I, I'm just very excited about this release. I sent it to Adam Rotella first thing, and I actually got the scoop on it from him. Like That's like one out of 100. Usually 99 out of 100 uh, hot gore grind releases, Adam is the one to tell me about, not the other way around. So I just... Wanted to bring this uh, your guys' way. Um, it's 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 a gross one. It's you know not for the the faint of heart. If you're not into real gore, if you're not into gore grind, uh, you're not here. But that is that brings me to my final. Um, like I said, there's like three layers of of, of 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 heavy whole podcast listener I wanted to reach here. The first one being the old school Long Island hardcore guys that are now metalheads. 
uh, with the Private Mind release. The second one being the the, the traditional classic uh, technical death metal guys. Now I'm into the nitty gritty. I feel like I'm recommending this for street cred with the guys that really only check Heavy Hole Podcast to see if Adam Rotella is on or not this week and then kind of breeze past it. So shout out to you guys. I'll get Adam back on eventually. But till then... Uh, I want you to check out Fester Decay, one word. And if you're that type of person, you probably already, you're like, yeah, well, I already, I've been listening to Fester Decay for weeks now. But um, Fester Decay, well, with Reality Rotten to the Core, uh, that's their album from this year out on Everlasting Spew Records, man. Give it a shot. appreciate you guys uh, hanging with me this long. Please check out all the music we discussed in this episode. Thank you very much to Anthony Crisanti. Of course, check out Gordon Brace and all of their releases. We wish them the best going forward. Please check that band out. They're putting in a lot of work live and traveling. I uh, like I like I said in the interview, I don't want to beat it to death, but I saw them live at Reggie's in Chicago and I was so impressed by their live set. That's kind of where the seed started where I had to get them on the podcast. Um, that's also months ago. That's to show you how long sometimes it takes for me to get back to people. So if I have spoken to you in person at a show, uh, at a venue somewhere or whatever about coming on the podcast and you think I ghosted you, shoot me an email or shoot me a text if you got my number or, or heavyholepodcast at gmail.com if you, if you don't, man. And remind me, I'm trying to get to everybody. I'm already booked up through um, halfway through January now, but uh, it, it's it's a labor of love, and I really want to get everybody in here and try to promote and, sh- and share the scene as much as possible, man. Heavyholepodcast uh, at gmail.com, like I said. The voicemail number should be in the description where you're listening to this. And we do have Heavy Hole Podcast at Patreon.com. Uh, check that out, too. Tom and Justin, I thank you guys uh, like every week and my co-hosts. So I'm going to get everybody back in here, regular rotation coming soon. And please stay tuned. We're going to be dropping some Christmas bonus material on you guys very soon. I have been talking to uh, some business owners. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, we're going to have some returning guests to the show talking about uh, newer projects that they've been working on and, and things of that nature. I'm, I'm just excited about the Heavy Hole podcast. I had a very busy year with my different bands. I appreciate everyone supporting Exsanguinated as well. I know I don't talk about that as much, but those guys are extremely... As I am uh, busy with my projects and so on and so forth, but eventually we're going to get that all together for you. But we had a, we had a great tour on the road this year, man, and um, reeking ore out there quite a bit too. Afterbirth getting out there when we can, man. So I I'm just glad to see everybody, and I am working on a few different projects behind the scenes, some recording and kind of studio based uh, uh, bands with other people, man. So I'll I'll tell you about that in due time, man. Um, but until that, I think uh, I already got about. Two's company, three's a crowd. I'll, I'll probably never tone it down to just one. <laughs> 